0: everyone i'm chris white
1: i'm stevens brown and we are from
0: tap pest control installation and again we want to thank you for downloading our podcast and glad you took the time to listen to us
1: yeah absolutely we got uh you know this week's episode (laughs) is just a a downright important one you know we're we're going to talk about making sure your equipment is working properly and just how important that is you know a lot of these machines, they, they run for long periods of time, you know, and, and checking on them, uh, you know, they can slowly lose production or worse, cause a breakdown. So we want to, you know, we're going to go over some of the things that you can do, you know, and we'll break it down for you, kind of weekly, monthly, and yearly to make sure, you know, the your blowers and your vacuums, you know, are running at optimal efficiency.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, I think um, you're right. This is a great topic this week for sure. Um, you know what, Stevens, before we get into this, though, I did want to. I did want to tell you something. You and I were talking uh, not long ago, and I, I um, was telling you, I think my, my wife is uh, having a you know, hard time hearing. Yeah. So I, I actually did what, what you suggested. I, I, I've been standing behind her and saying, hey, honey, can you hear me? And, and I got no response from her. Uh, so I moved a little bit closer, and, and I said, hey, honey, can you hear me? still didn't get a response so i moved right up behind her like right behind her head and said honey can you hear me well she whipped around and said for the third time yes <laughs> <laughs> all right anyway um <laughs> wanted to continue with this one uh this is a great topic <laughs> this week um so we want to look at the blowing machines first and and doing like like you said on a weekly or or even after every job and um you know I, I think it's important to understand um that everybody needs to really check your manual um that comes with your blowing machine all of this information is in there um different machines will have different schedules and timing so we just need to make sure you're reading that but this I think what we want to talk about today are some very basic things that that can be done um and and also it it really depends on how often you're using your machine, right? So, so if you're using your machine daily, then you may have to accelerate some of these, uh, you know, uh, especially the yearly type of uh, type of things and, and um, maintenance schedules that you have. But, you know, so we're just, we're going to give you some general guidance here. I think number one, let's talk about the, uh, the blower machine, you know, daily after every job, you know, we, we want to make sure At the end of the job that we're checking our guards, we want to clean out those filters. The air filters are the key. Uh, If you don't clean those air filters out, what you're doing is choking out your machine and you're going to seriously limit the, uh, uh, you know, the, the. Longevity
1: of that yeah motor. I was going to say you know we, we get it, you know they're in those those enclosed trailers, there's always going to be c- kind of some cellulose and some tap around there, uh, which is okay, but like, like Chris said, you know after every job and you get back, try to sweep that stuff up if it's clean, you know take a take an air hose, pop that filter out, you know, beat it on the side of the truck, whatever you need to do because it will it will seriously help uh, expand the, the life of that blower motor, no doubt.
0: Yeah, yeah. So that's really, I mean, if you can set a schedule for your team or your crew, where uh, somebody's responsible to do that at the end of the day, it literally will take you, you know, what five minutes at the most. Yep. Just kind of check check everything, get some, you know, use a compressed air, kind of blow out the the filters and clean out any of the vent holes. That's gonna that's gonna help after every single job. Then, you know, weekly. Yeah, is what I like to do. I you know I did a lot of trainings in the past with a lot of installers um, out in the field in my previous job, um, and and one of the things that we would I'd like to tell people is like every Friday, for instance, you know um, don't really want to do it on a Monday morning. Nobody wants to do it on a Friday afternoon, but you got to pick one of those days, and usually the Friday is the time to do it. So you get back a little bit early, and you you know check your chain tensions, check your alignments, you know that. Make sure everything is is good. Clean the tines off. You are going to get, you know, uh, there is going to be some string. There is going to be plastic. It's a recycled material, and that's going to happen. So, you know, but weekly clean those off. You know, get a get a knife in there, clean all that out. Um, and then we also want to check our air pressures, right? I think I don't know that's something we've done, and we've um, Stevens, you and I have just uh, brought this in um, as a uh, as a tool to help our and you know help our customers. Uh, figure out when air seals and airlock seals are going yep, bad. Yep, absolutely.
1: Right? You know, one of the one of the common things we hear is, hey, you know, my my machine seems to be losing some of its blowing efficiency. And well, generally nine times out of ten, that's due to you know those rubber seals over time getting so much use, just kind of degrading and going out on you. So you need to replace them. But it's it, kind of hard to know when, like you're saying, you know, it's not, it's hard to kind of put your thumb on when to do that. So. You know, we're pretty excited about you know these uh, these new air pressure gauges that we're going to have. Um, that basically you can you know you can hold over your 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 exit tube there where your hose connects, and you can check the, uh, the the pressure coming out of that airlock chamber, uh, so you know kind of where you're at, and it'll tell you you know whether you need to change them or not.
0: Yeah, it's uh, it's very simple to use. I mean, it's it's in a quick uh, review of it, you want to make sure the airlock is is. Clear of any insulation. You don't want to put the uh, the gauge over the end of the of the outlet with insulation in there because that's just going to clog up the the gauge. You'll you'll
1: be like me and ruin your first one. (laughs) Have to get another one.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. You want to so so the key is you use like a feed bag or burlap sack, anything that's going to allow air to pass through it, um, but capture the insulation coming out. I usually find like the uh, the burlap bags or. Even the seed bags that you can get at a local uh, store somewhere, a local feed store, um, use those, and just put it over the end of the outlet. Take your hose off, obviously, and, and run it directly out of the outlet yep. of the machine, um, and and turn the machine on. In you know you want to close your material yep. close gate,
1: the slide gate, the feed gate. Yep,
0: right, yeah, the feed gate. Close that that feed gate all the way down to zero. So that no insulation is falling into that airlock and then turn the airlock on, turn the, the agitator motor on and everything. So that airlock is moving and the air is blowing that airlock clean. And then once that's done, it only takes about say 15 seconds to get that completely uh, cleaned out. Then you just uh, go ahead and put the, uh, put the gauge right over the top. Now the gauge has a flat piece of metal and um, that, that goes right on there with like a neoprene, uh seal around it and uh you push it right up against the outlet and then you can take a look at the gauge now the optimal readings on on many of the um and many of the blowers is going to be about 3.5 uh psi so that's what we're looking for but if you see the 3.5 psi but it drops to two and then back up to three and a half again, then you know you have a bad airlock seal in there, and it's time to replace that. So doing that weekly um, is going to make sure your production rates are, are holding strong. Um, and that's that's something I think we don't – it's hard to tell that, you know, uh, an airlock seal goes bad sometimes because you're, the crews are always using it. It starts to go bad, and it's, it's kind of like, you know uh, – you know, turning up the heat, you know, eventually it gets hotter and hotter. Maybe maybe you don't notice it right away, you know, but it's one of those things where it just gets worse and worse until it's really bad. And then you finally notice it, but we don't want to wait until that point. We want to try to get that before it gets really bad. Absolutely.
1: And just kind of circling back around to your initial point, you know, if you do not have a a maintenance schedule that you have that's made up for your tap equipment it it comes down to that i would highly encourage you to do that you know look at what equipment you have read your manual say okay look i'm gonna make one you know i'm gonna put a you know a laminate version in the trailer and and we're gonna look at here's what we're looking at you know daily weekly and monthly and it'll and it'll help
0: exactly exactly we have so now let's let's you know, talk about – so it's a daily and weekly on the blower. Now, for the vacuum on a daily and weekly kind of schedule, daily, you want to make sure you're cleaning, you know, clearing out any of the dust or debris from the motor and the yep. intakes. That is extremely yep. important. I mean, that that that's what causes it to heat up. That's what causes a lot of the issues that we see. You want to make sure you're clearing all that out. You know, compressed air. Um, make sure you're you're blowing out the cooling fins. Check your yep. oil level. Make sure it's good. I know that sounds like, geez, I got to do that every time, but yeah, you do. You got to do it every time. That's just one of those things that it happens, you know. And so that that's pretty simple to do. You know, you're just kind of blowing it off on, at the end of the job. Uh, weekly, you want to make sure you clean off your fan blades, uh, check for damage, and that kind of thing. You know, I know it seems a little bit tedious, and you got to pull that guard plate off of the front and look. But you're not taking the fan off or anything. You just want to pull that off. Take a look, make sure there's nothing wrapped in there. You know, one of the big things that can happen if you sucked up something that was metal and it's causing, uh, you know, any kind of uh, spark in there or anything else, uh, you don't want to have a problem with that. Um, you know, and that kind of thing is the, uh, can really be the big problem. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that really damages the equipment. And uh, Stevens, I think you had one where, where somebody actually burned up. Um, they were, They were taking out some old, uh untreated um
1: cellulose that ended up causing a spark yep, and a absolutely fire. they they neglected to kind of pop that fan blade housing cover off that like we're talking about kind of check for a lot of debris and they you know were just going day after day after day and that stuff got hot sparked caught a fire and ended up burning down their whole <laughs> their whole removal and install truck you know, even the sheet metal on the side a lot of the machines were burning all the rubbers and it was funny, you know. There in the back stood kind of their bags of tap. Obviously, the plastic had melted off. And we were like, "No, no way!" You know, thanks for the amazing marketing photo, but we're so <laughs> yeah. sorry. But but yeah, I, w- I was just going to add, you know, some of the issues that I that I see that are most common is is is, is one. And if you don't know this, we've hit this on a couple of other podcasts, but never put the vacuum bag right on the end of the exit of the vacuum. You want to distance that. And the main reason there is because that vacuum needs good, clean air to breathe for that motor, right? And so when you're pulling that nasty stuff out, that vacuum bag, you know, if it's just a cloud of dust beside it, it's not good for it. So make sure you're getting that vacuum bag away from the vacuum. The second thing is, is it's just what you alluded to, you know, pop that front cover off and make sure that we're cleaning out some of that debris in that housing. And we also want to check to make sure that that fan blade, you know, doesn't have any major dings or chips or breaks in it, or if it's off canter. If you're getting a very heavy vibration or shaking in your vacuum, nine times out of 10, it's due to that fan blade, you know, either getting broken or off canter. And and if you neglect to to order a new one and put the new one on, man, it can, it will, it will literally shake your machine apart. So.
0: Yeah. Yeah, so those, you know, daily, weekly, pretty simple things to do on both your your blower and your vacuum. Um, and I, you know, I can't encourage people enough to, you know, put that down. Hey, get a, you know, laminated card in the back of the truck. This is what needs to be done. It's really going to prolong that equipment. And so you're, you're going to seriously limit your downtime by just taking, you know, an extra, you know, five minutes a day, maybe 15, 20 minutes a week. Um, to kind of take care of that now, now, Steven, some of the things I I think you ran into, especially recently with some folks is the, uh, you know, just, just basic stuff about, you know, making sure your vacuum stays. Oh
1: yeah, no, that's, it's huge. And and it, a lot of the listeners may be kind of chuckling at that, but that is the truth. You know, you, a lot of times you're, you're rushing from job to job. You just throw those machines in there. They may tip over on the highway or turns or something like that. Make sure you are strapping that vacuum down because if it tips over, it's not going to be a good day for you. Um, and, and another thing, too, is a lot of people don't get this. You know, there is a fuel line with kind of an on-off switch, so to speak. And we, whenever we are done for the day and 100% we are traveling, you have got to have that fuel line cut off gas oil will mix together it'll cause some major smoking it could cause a a number of issues but make sure we are turning that gas off when we're traveling
0: yeah and i think we see that a lot um unfortunately um with complaints that seems to be a common one vacuum tipping over and then that line is open um then you get that mixture um and it you know can cause a lot of issues on there so we got to you know, make sure we're strapping that down, shutting that line off, simple things, you know, simple little things that we, we need to have a protocol on. And if you, if you have that, it's going to, it's going to make your machines last a lot longer.
1: Uh, So Stevens, why don't you talk a little bit about, uh, let's, let's talk uh, from a blower standpoint, you know, yearly. And again, it depends upon how much you're using your machine, you know, how, how, how your tap print program is, is being run daily, you know, weekly, how many jobs you're doing, but I would say yearly, uh, absolutely has to change the earlock seals. Uh, you know, Chris and I already talked about the air pressure gauge being able to use one of those, but, you know, I would say definitely once a year and it might be two to three times a year, depending upon just how much, you know, tap you're using. Um, another thing would be you know lube the chains i have a lot of guys they get a machine they get excited like, oh i bought some new grease and this and that and i'm like well think about it if we've got you know tap and that stuff is is cellulose if we use a a wet lube it's gonna you know stick to those chains and all that stuff so i'm like you know we want to use a a dry lube you know a, a good dry graphite spray you can get um that does a good job um the next thing I would say is uh is probably grease in the airlock bearings uh, There's really only three places on on most of those machines uh, two can be the wheels depending upon what kind of wheels you have there's some knobs there but the main most important one is that uh that airlock uh bearing right there and it it's if you pop that front that front housing off the cover uh, of the of the lower piece of the machine where the where the chains are you'll you'll see it right there it sits right above the the airlock bearing hit that with some grease um you know, another thing, and I may say more than yearly, but I'm a fan of of taking off that bottom guard and just cleaning out a lot of the cellulose and the dust and the tap that kind of, you know, builds up around there just to keep that blower motor area clean. Um, and then while I do that, you know, I always check the electrical connections just to make sure there's nothing that's gotten broken or, or pulled out or damaged, um, that kind of stuff.
0: Yeah, that's good. Um, you know, those are the types of, of stuff. Now, I know... Uh, you mentioned the the airlock seals. I just want to comment again on that is the, um, you know, you are checking with the air pressure gauge and obviously you have to change your airlock seals a lot quicker if something happens. So, you know, and, and oftentimes you don't know the, you know, somebody in the film may not tell you that they dropped a the knife into yeah. the airlock or any, anything like that, but, you know, checking it, you know on a on a weekly basis uh to make sure everything's are are running running well as is needed and then you know i guess basically what we're saying is under normal use provided everything's good you will want to change them after about a year that's about the life uh span that you're going to
1: get out of an airlock seal so definitely for good good what i was going to say kind of transferring to the to the vacuum for yearly um you know on a yearly basis you, you definitely want to change your air filter right you also while we do that we want to change change out the fuel filter we want to change the oil uh and put a new spark plug in there um you know we have those maintenance kits they're readily available but I, i'm definitely doing that uh once a year uh and and, and kind of while i take a look at that the other thing you want know, to we'll look at is the check the muffler uh the spark arrestor and that kind of stuff um yeah, and I think when it comes to the vacuum
0: on the engine and stuff, there is uh, a lot of times there's a lot of detailed info there yep. um, in the manual, um, and a lot of times it's going to depend on the engine that you have, whether it's a you know Briggs and Stratton Vanguard, what Honda engine. Uh, They're all going to have a little bit different, you know, hourly uh, maintenance schedule. So that's, I think, where we're saying that you need to do that. But I think on the year they're all about, you know, similar in in aspects, saying that you need to change the air filters, fuel filters, and so forth. So those are the types of things you want to do. And, again, this, you know, just put this on a maintenance schedule, and you're going to have, you know, you're you're definitely going to be able to um, keep your equipment running uh optimally yeah, if, all year you, long uh especially with that gauge you know that that air gauge i mean i'm excited that we're offering that i really am I mean, they're not they're not real expensive you can find them uh, on our website oh yeah, no. and um very simple to have i think every shop yeah i think every uh, service manager
1: one. no doubt that we can come out check and then it, i was going to say too for any of the listeners out there the PMPs ps that you know if, if you have questions on kind of making your own maintenance schedule give us a call you know we're happy to say oh hey you know take a look at how many jobs you're doing on this and that kind of stuff and give you our, give you our two cents. Absolutely. Yeah. So let's
0: move on to answering some questions. Uh, we've got a, a couple come in over the last uh, few weeks. Actually, I actually got three of them this week. Um, we usually only have two, we got three. Uh, we So that's good. And that means people are sending it. Except
1: for that horrible <laughs> joke you said earlier, we may get another email to cut the jokes out. kids. <laughs> oh <laughs> uh, that wasn't a joke <laughs> we got other problems then.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so our first question uh from gary in ohio is there a way a pmp can help tap find a preferred subcontractor in a particular Ooh, that's area? a good question i'm gonna defer to you on that one chris <laughs> really <laughs> okay um yeah, no, yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, is there a way a PMP can help tap find a contractor? You absolutely can. We would love that. We actually love that. If you're looking for somebody, we're obviously um, we use our, a lot of our connections in the industry to help find the right ones. But if there's somebody that, that you know, or have a connection to that says, Hey, I think this is going to be a, a good person um, or a good company to work with, pass that along to us and we'd be happy to talk to them. And um, kind of vet them out for you. Um, You know, number one, if you have a good relationship already, that's great. Um, But there's other things we want to make sure we're vetting out and, you know, making sure they, uh, you know, have they subcontracted before? How do they represent themselves on the job? What type of work do they currently do? Um, You know, it's a big difference between someone who does new construction versus someone who does uh, retrofit in somebody's house. Um, new construction stuff there's no homeowners around they can basically do whatever they want Um, whereas if you have to work with a homeowner um, you know there's a lot of things to you know of professionalism that have to occur so we'd you know we'd be happy to you know if you have something there we'd be happy to talk to you about it and try to um, find someone that's going to be right for you and, and 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 even for others in the area
1: yeah you know, so however
0: you want to ultimately
1: we can we can help you. We can help arm you with the correct questions to ask, you know, that'll bring about the the information you want to know. So.
0: Yeah. And, and, you know, bringing us into the loop and talking with them as well. So, yeah, good question. Um, Second one's from from Bob in California. Uh, and it's in regards to ventilation. Do you need to put bap- baffles on every mm-hmm. joist? You
1: no, know, that's a that's a good question. You know, short answer is no, um, you do not. But ventilation is a very important you know aspect to installing tap. And so, every attics, you know, they they are designed to breathe. And so, what you know, I like to do is take an exterior perimeter lap around the house. I'm checking for. Uh, the overhang, I'm looking at the soffit vent, whether it's continuous or space. I'm looking at gable vent, ridge vent, et cetera, et cetera. And from all those things, I can kind of gauge how well that attic's breathing. So what I want to do is when I do that tap install is simply maintain that adequate amount of ventilation. Um, and so general rule of thumb is one square foot of ventilation for every 300 square feet of attic space. Uh, sometimes you can think of that as, you know, every other or every third joist. Um, but that, that's how I, how, how I approach it.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think the important thing I always tell guys is, you know, we can talk about the one square foot and all that. How do you measure that in, you know, in a, in a soffit that that's one of the questions I get, but um, you know, every other joist, I think is a great rule of thumb. Uh, I, I recommend that to anybody is you keep it on every other. Um, Now, if you're going into the attic itself and there's no issue. The key is to continue the ventilation that's there because the ventilation is working. There's no mold or mildew. Uh, there's no water stains. So it's working the way it is. Just continue that. So, you know, by, by continuing the soft vents, continuing uh, making sure everything else is clear, uh, that's going to work. That, that's going to allow you to continue the ventilation that's in that attic and keep it um, yep. working the way it should. So. Yeah. uh, Good, good question uh, on that one, Bob. Yeah. Every, every other joist is a, is a good way to go. So third question from John in Arizona, what is the best setting for the blowing (laughs) machine?
1: The almighty perfect setting, right? (laughs) No, I think long story um, (laughs) short. Again, it, it depends. Um, Every, situation and attic you know distance measured with verticality that you're having to travel and get into can be different um and and, and as you do this more and more you'll you'll learn how to kind of fine tune it for what makes sense but generally i kind of go full air and if not three-fourths to all the way open on the slide gate now if i get in situations where i i need a little bit you know more blowing power i can kind of close down that slide gate a little bit you know Uh, depending upon what my needs are same thing with running it all the way wide open um again as well as how much hose i'm having to use you know and and get into that attic so it kind of all depends but i'm a fan of running it basically the the blowing the blower motor wide open with the feed gate three-fourths to if not all the way open so
0: yeah i i completely agree with you the air needs to be all the way up i mean we're you know, when we're looking at the production of these machines, you know, we, we talk about 475 runs at a, a 70 bags per hour. The 575 PCO that we sell is 93 bags an hour. Well, you're getting that with the air wide open and the material gate wide, you know, the yep. material gate wide open. That's, that's what gives you 93 or 70. That's just so why would you if you turn down the air, then ultimately you're turning yep. down your production rate. Now, a lot of people are going to say, well, what about dust? What about this and that? Well, actually, the dust is actually controlled by the amount of material. Um, and and it, it's kind of, it, it's a little counterintuitive on this, but I think it's important that everybody understands this, that, you know, the air, if you have a constant air, which is three and a half pounds uh, PSI, we talked about that earlier with the gauges. So that's what's coming out of the end of that that uh, machine optimally. Um, And that air is going to push at three and a half pounds. So if you think about the amount of product that's coming through, if you open your material gate all the way up, that three and a half pounds is going to push that material. If you start backing off to, like you said, 75% or 50% of that gate, that air is going to blow that material even further. And that's what causes more dust. So it's not so much, you know, if you turn the air down, and keep the material wide open, then it's it's not going to do its job in conditioning the material to come out and be able to give uh, get you the best coverage rate. You're going to end up using a lot more material at that point. So I always instruct people to keep the air wide open and simply control everything else by the amount of material that's coming out. And I wouldn't go be you know below 75 percent like like you said, Stevens here. I think you're you're spot on there. Um, every every attic is going to be a little bit different in how you do it. Some are smaller than others, and you have to turn that. You, you've got to fiddle with the, uh, you know, with that uh, material setting. But yeah, I would I would leave that air up, and, and that way you only have one variable, right? Well, yep, I deal with yep, two variables exactly?
1: And, and like I said, it, you you'll learn that kind of each job has its own sweet spot. But generally, you know, kind of wide open and wide open is is the way to go. <laughs>
0: exactly exactly well awesome hey we uh thank you for those questions guys gary bob and john uh your your tap swag pack Hello. is on its way if you haven't already received it and um you know anybody else you got questions you've got topics you want us to discuss please send it over to us podcast at tap com. and uh we use your stuff you get a tap yeah, I'm, have to, I'm have to start
1: well. ordering some more tap T-shirts here before too long. <laughs> but uh, hey, let's let's move into the next yeah. portion of our show. Herd in the field. Yeah. And so again, these are real life stories. Uh, you know, Chris and I have either heard from folks like you, or you know, we've experienced them ourselves. So, Chris, what do you what do you have for us this episode?
0: Yeah, actually, I'm excited on this one. Uh, this came in actually as an email from Jason in Michigan um you know i'm excited because he talks about how he listens to us which is a good thing um uh, but he wrote he said hey i've hey guys i've I've listened to all your podcasts now and i can honestly say i have gained awesome. a, a lot of new information for instance if, for instance when you guys talk about hanging a string to identify the the uh, recess lights he said that's a great idea he said after brainstorming a bit as I do on my drive home, <laughs> I decided to stick a, a ruler in the fold of the box for identification. It stands up nicely and seems. Oh yeah, cool. no, that is a that's another
1: great idea too.
0: Yeah, I mean that's a that's a great tip, isn't it? I didn't think about that one. I should yeah. do it with string, but yeah, putting the uh, putting the ruler in there or maybe labeling that as you know that's where yeah, it is. That's, that's a two perfect birds with one idea. Stone for so. That too yeah yeah um he even went on to say that he's done uh countless installations in the past and he never oh, used wow. the hatch Hatchmaster. he just yeah he said he just wasn't aware of the benefits and now he's using them on every single awesome. job so he says it's, it not only helps his homeowner but it helps his installers on yeah. the on keep the a tap out of the house by keeping the uh yeah. Keeping the dust and everything out of the house. So, you know what, that's, that was a great story. That's a great email. Um, actually we, uh, Jason, I, uh, we were sending you out a tap swag pack as well, because that's such a, it was a great email to send in and we're glad you got something out of it. Yeah, man. And, that's uh, awesome. Now you're getting a little I bit send more. Him two t-shirts. You know, <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: yeah so so yeah again anyone with stories have, you know, please email us at podcast dot com, and uh, hopefully we'll use your your stuff there but uh, hey stevens what do you call an ant that's hmm. from overseas i don't know Im- important <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and with that this show we gotta is get over. out of here oh boy <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's gonna do it for now. Hopefully hopefully we'll see you guys next right, time folks, until, until then. Until people. the next
1: podcast. Remember, keep those feet on the joists.